You know, grace, mercy, and peace come to you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, today we conclude our Lenten season theme of by His wounds we are healed. And we focus on our Old Testament reading. Well, actually, we're going to focus on all three of our readings. But our Old Testament reading, and today we focus on the wounds of coveting. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Boy, it sure looks like Jesus is at the pinnacle of power and glory, doesn't it? His triumphant entry into Jerusalem, the shouting of the crowds that hail him as the king, his popularity as a healer, as they were there and saw him raise Lazarus up from the dead. All this seems to give Jesus a kind of prestige that would make even a narcissist blush. Even Jesus' critics bemoan, look, the world has gone after him. Yes, the critics are despairing. But could it also be that they're jealous, perhaps? Something that they or we would want for ourselves to be so prized and valued above all people and pride in the lust for power? That's what coveting is. It's seeking that which is not ours to possess. Seeking the very things and sometimes people, remember King David and Bathsheba on the roof? That belong to others. It's a sin of the heart and the mind that may not even be shown so clearly by the physical mask that we wear on our faces. This is why the commandment against coveting does not let any one of us, myself included, off the hook. But Jesus, Jesus didn't covet power and glory. These he already had before he was born. But as St. Paul exclaimed in Philippians chapter 2, he did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but he emptied himself. How far indeed Jesus would empty himself, even to the very point of death. He was not anointed a Messiah of great power, but only anointed as one about to die. The crown he wore was only a, a crown of thorns. The purple robe of a king placed upon him was only meant to mock Jesus. And the crowds that once shouted, Hosanna in the highest! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Shouts only the words, crucify him, crucify him. Now, there is no glory or power in these wounds that Jesus bore. There is only a man who is beaten, deprived of all that would make one look weak in the eyes of the world. He is precisely exactly what Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 3 of the servant who suffer for us all. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was only despised and rejected by others. A man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity and is one from whom others hide their faces. He was despised and we held no account of him. 
This certainly is not an example of one who covets power and glory. It's precisely the opposite. (laughs) But then there's us. How often do we covet things in our lives? The grass is always greener on the other side, isn't it? Perhaps we are jealous of our well-to-do neighbors and their houses and their cars and their job statuses. Perhaps we're jealous of other people's vocations. Or dare I say, some in this world even perhaps look at others and love their neighbor's wives or their husbands more than their own. We covet sometimes status and prestige and fame. Sometimes we don't want to take a backseat to others because we want the glory and the power for ourselves. But why? Why at the end of the day do we always covet somebody else's things? Well, part of it is, at the end of the day, our basic human needs are to be recognized. We want to be recognized. We want to have value and meaning. A lot of times it's value and meaning on our own merits. And all we really do then is empty ourselves of what God intended us to be. We poison our souls and our very own existence by doing those things. And yet, on the cross, as Jesus dies in his wounds of rejection and abandonment, indeed, the critics were right. The whole world has gone after him. But not because of fame or power or prestige. It's because this crucified Lord is the one whom we confess, who he has emptied himself of power and majesty for the sake of the whole world. And so we should likewise read the rest of St. Paul's answer about this man, Jesus, his final accession to the right hand of God. This one who was crucified is the same one who God has exalted and given the name above all names. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. But notice how it all concludes. Who gets the glory at the end of the day? The glory goes to God the Father, who sent his Son into the world so that the world would not perish, but have eternal life. The glory comes with the glorification of Christ on the cross and the resurrection of by which all are taken up into Him and His glorified presence. My friends, we can't covet what we already have, what we've already been given. Through the works of Christ, we've been cleansed and presented holy to God. In our baptisms, we're recognized as children of God. There is no greater recognition. There's no greater name than to be called a Christian, a child of God. We've also been given power in our baptisms, power in the Holy Spirit, and there is no greater power than that of God. Through the grace and glory of Christ given to us, we get to pick up our crosses and follow Jesus, embracing His wounds in the world and witnessing then the greatest healing the world shall ever know. And when we do those things, the glory is given to Him. And there is no greater glory or honor than that of God in Christ Jesus. And to God be all the glory. Amen.